It's your boy, Johnny Podcast, talking NFL Draft 2018, joined by my friend Joe D'Aloisio. Joe, what's going on? What's going on, Johnny Podcast? I didn't know I was on the uh, Johnny Podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks yeah, for having that, me. That's the alias now. Until I can find a real good name for the show, that's it. All um, right. All right, so we're going to get right into it. Talking about the draft last night. Comes out early Thursday from Schefter that Baker's going to be the number one pick. He ends up being the number one pick. A lot of people are on the fence about it. Some people happy, think it's a good move. Other people think it's not so good. I was, I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you. I thought from day one, from the beginning – when we knew these three, four quarterback prospects were coming, they were they declared for the draft. I really thought that the guy was Sam Darnold. He just he just fit the the mold, the size, the strength, the the typical quarterback, the guy that you want to have. You know, he he fit that. And when the Browns came up and selected Baker Mayfield, I was shocked. I was really shocked. I I expected better from John Dorsey, their general manager. He seems to have been putting this team and making the making moves in the right direction in terms of getting rid of that Browns. It was such a Browns pick, and I say that in quotes. I thought this pick was a Browns pick. I mean, um, and nothing against Baker. I just don't think he's as talented as the other quarterbacks. Now, um, I also, in his defense, I think it's unfair that he continues to be compared to Johnny Manziel. Um, those two s- scenarios and situations are completely different. Um, Johnny had a serious problem. Baker does not. Is Baker a little, you know, loose? Absolutely. I think we could all agree with that. But in terms of uh, mental issues and, and true issues, Johnny had those issues. Baker doesn't. So it's unfair to paint that narrative over Mayfield. I just thought it was a surprising pick. I, I thought so, too. I mean— like we said, Schefter, originally it was Darnold was the number one guy. And then Peter King had come out and was like, he had inside sources saying that the Browns were taking Josh Allen number one. So it was always Darnold Allen. It really wasn't Allen, but it was really Darnold. And then it was Baker last second. And I really thought that Darnold won it over on his pro day. I mean, I don't know if you, you caught that, but in the pouring rain, I mean, he made every single possible throw. And again, you take these things with a grain of salt. The same thing with the... With the combine, I mean, no defense, no pressure, you're in shorts, no pads, no rush. So you should look good on these days. But he really looked the part on those days. And then you look at, overall, like I keep saying, I'm shocked. I didn't think Baker would be the guy at number one. Yeah, it's funny because you said the thing about Dorsey, thing about make like changing that narrative and flipping the script, making it not a Browns pick, but he does make it a Browns pick. And Mortensen was talking about how I think it was when either he was still in KC or that was prior job was Kansas City and maybe he was making the transition over and he was going to watch Baker Mayfield and he saw him at all these games and like he was he was saying he told Morrison he's like this is my guy like he's the number one quarterback the number one player in college football like hands down so Mortensen was saying how he was like he was the guy. Like I knew they was gonna get him. I mean there is some debate that you that you could say that Mayfield was easily along with um, Rosen, the most ready quarterbacks. Um, And I think what could have changed the Browns' decision was A, that relationship, and B, the way that Mayfield was able to break down tape. Now, I'm not saying Sam Darnold's an idiot. 
Like, obviously, the guy could break down tape, but maybe it was the way that they did it in those private meetings that really sold Mayfield um, to the Browns. Yeah, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes, obviously. Like, those pre-draft meetings matter. Of course. You don't know what happens. Like, there could just be, like, that one little thing between a GM and a player where it just rubs you the wrong way and you, you're out. Exactly, and that's, and that's the not necessarily the beauty of it, but the thing is, is all we know is that a so-and-so had their private meeting with X team. We don't know. We never know the details of how that went. Unless something like really went wrong, you really it doesn't come out. You don't see it, Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter going out of their way tweeting, oh, so-and-so's meeting with the Browns was amazing, this and that. So you don't know what happened behind those closed doors, and I really think that was the difference maker in the decision making. Yeah, it was just funny how it was so late because, like, again, like we said, Darnold was the guy, and then last second they were like, we want Baker. And then, like, the Baker, that Baker train just took off in the past, like, week. And of, of course, the other thing that was strange is the number one pick isn't even in the building for the draft. So, I mean, all that hype, you get selected. And you're not even there. And I have no problem. If you don't want. I actually didn't even realize he wasn't there. No, he was with his family. Oh, okay. Which is totally fine. And I understand you want to spend that moment. But he he may be the first pick, at least that I could remember, that wasn't physically at the draft. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. And again, if you want to spend it with the people that are most important to you because they helped you get there, that's fine. But again, it, it, it just. Something about the pick doesn't feel right. And I said it, and I know we've spoke about the draft for a while now leading up to it, um, off the airs. I I don't think any of these quarterbacks are really going to be, you know, the next guy, the the franchise guy. I think you'll be able to have some success, but I'm not sure if Super Bowl, uh, and I know you don't want to hear this, and I see you smirking as you wear your uh, Jamal Adams jersey here, (laughs) and the New York Jets selected a quarterback, but I don't think that any of these quarterbacks will lead their teams to a Super Bowl in the near future. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, too, is like we were talking about, you don't know what happens, like, in these pre-draft interviews. You don't know what happens now. Like, these guys all get drafted. These quarterbacks get drafted. They go to those teams, and then there's, like, it's not – this isn't college anymore. Like, this is a whole different animal in the NFL. Like, there's a development phase that needs to happen. You don't know who's – like, we're talking about, you're saying Rosen and Baker might be the most NFL-ready. Like, they still have to develop. They still have to, like – get over these hiccups that they're going to face and all these like all that adversity they're going to face like you don't know how these guys are going to handle that some like uh, Josh Allen might not be made out to just be an NFL quarterback like co- he's raw he has everything you think would be the makings of an NFL quarterback but he just might not be able to do it yeah and so, like you said some quarterbacks just don't and, and it's not just quarterbacks it's any position sometimes you just don't translate I mean the speed alone the difference in that is is tremendous I mean you go back and we're on the Johnny podcast, so we go back to Johnny Manziel here, who, you know, you watch his college tape. The guy could get to the corner, no problem. NFL, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Not only are you not fast enough to get there, but their defenders are scheming to make sure you don't get there. Their, their, their level of IQ, football IQ and intelligence is just at another level. Or it's like the case of RG3 where it's – he can – RG3 did have the ability to probably get there. But you get crushed. But he gets, it's not college. Like, you're not breaking arm tackle. Like – Arm tackles in the NFL are like the biggest hits you've ever seen in college. Like they just they can't tackle in college. That's why you see like when they were showing Saquon's tape 
after he got picked, and he's like jumping over a guy and getting hit in midair and bouncing off people. It's like that will not. If you jump over someone in the NFL, you're getting demolished. You're you may, get, your career may be over. It's going to be like a spine buster into the turf. That's kind of like in, when you're playing Madden, right? You always do that hurdle because it looks sick, and then you get smacked. Next thing you know, fumble. But feeding off that, Saquon is the number two pick to the Giants. That was a thing. Obviously, going into the draft, all these teams have probably a million, especially the top five, top ten guys, have hypotheticals of what's going to happen. So originally it was, okay, what are we going to do if the Browns take Darnold? What do we do if the Browns take Barkley? What if they take Baker like they did? So the Giants, people thought if they took Baker, maybe they take Darnold, maybe a bunch of other teams think, let me, <clears throat> let me get to that second pick. And then what do the Giants do? Trade down, get Quentin Nelson. They go Barkley. They, again, like the Baker pick, Giants fans love it for the most part from what I'm reading. But the positional value for the experts, they think that it might not be such a good pick there. Or it's a good pick, but is it going to pan out for them? They're going all in with Eli, adding now Barkley to that offense. I thought it was a terrible pick. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I think it's a terrible pick for the future of the New York Giants. And listen, in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you do not win. So what does this tell me about the pick? This tells me that, A, they're all in. Dave Gettleman is all in on Eli Manning at, what, 37, 36, 37 years old. I mean, realistically, Eli's going to play another two years, and that's about it. Then he comes out and says he saw a lot from Davis Webb in OTAs. So you're telling me you saw a lot out of a backup quarterback that didn't play during last year's disastrous season, but he's convinced you enough while wearing shorts and a t-shirt, throwing the ball, that he could be your guy in the future? That's just ludicrous. Ludicrous. Absolutely insane that that's even a thought process. Um, The other thing is, when's the last time a running back alone won you a Super Bowl? So the Giants offensive line did get a little bit better. Their defense should be all right, but you cannot just rely on a running back. And I understand he's he's supposed to be. Again, he's supposed to be. It's not guaranteed that this guy is going to be the next Barry Sanders, like because that's what I'm reading here: Barry Sanders, Ladainian Tomlinson. I mean Zeke. Okay, the possibility is there, but there's no guarantee. If I was the Giants, I'm definitely, especially after the Browns go with Baker, I am definitely choosing between. Darnold and Rosen. You want to set yourself up for the next 10, 15 years. You're going to have Saquon Barkley maybe for seven years. He's going to get, he's going to, his body's going to take a toll. He's going to get a beating. Overall, I think they, they jumped the gun. They went with what was the sexy pick, what everybody else wanted. And Gettleman's all on board. I mean, I saw him say something to the Daily News along the lines of, you know, Saquon was touched by the hand of God. I saw that. I mean, the guy hasn't played a snap in the NFL. This is high praise. I believe in his final year, he rushed for over 100 yards three times. He had 100, he had like less than 40 yards against Rutgers. I mean, and now you're telling me that he was touched from God? I don't know. If I was the Giants, I would have played it safe. I would have either drafted a quarterback or traded down to build that offensive line, protect Eli Manning, and then maybe traded down in the second round or selected my running back in the second round. 
Yeah, I think that's a, made a lot of good points. One thing is thank you, Johnny. You're welcome. One thing is, like you said, building up that offensive line. That is such a key. Like you said, Barry Sanders, Ladainian Tomlinson, Zeke. Zeke is like Saquon is probably going to be a generational talent, but Zeke, that offensive line that Zeke walked into and had protecting him or, or blocking for him was incredible. Like that's not, it, it, the Giants' offensive line does not even hold a candle to that offensive line. Like they don't have, they don't have like what they 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 don't have anyone to help Barkley right now. They didn't get Norwell in free agency. You could have got Quinn Nelson, but then you don't get Barkley. But at least like again. That Barkley pick secures the notion that you're going all in on Eli Manning. Saquon Barkley is going to, what, pick up a one linebacker blitzing every so often, and then he's going to get a couple carries here and there. Like, they still need to protect Eli. So maybe, I mean, then the thought process is, before we get into the Jets, the thought process is second round, they have another early pick. Yeah. Are they going alignment? Um who was it? They said there was best available. Willie Hernandez. Well, Hernandez, the UTEP guy. So they were saying he was a surprise that he didn't go off the board. But then also Mason Rudolph is there. Is maybe like he their guy? Is he their quarterback? The like a lot of people think, yeah, it was those four guys, but then Mason Rudolph is also the the dark horse maybe of this class. Honestly, I don't think so. Based on what I've what I've heard from from Gettleman in terms of how highly he spoke of Davis Webb. I mean, if he doesn't come out and say I saw a lot out of Davis Webb, then maybe Rudolph's your guy. But at the same time, I mean, Davis Webb is didn't play over Geno Smith. I mean, you know, how many wins did they have last year? 2? Three, two? Yeah, two or three. Okay, and you couldn't even put Davis Webb in to see what you got? I mean, that's a red flag to me. That says he's not ready. Even if he isn't ready, throw him in. See how he does. At least you get some type of a grasp of what you have other than, you know, the fake snaps in preseason. That's what the Jets did with Petty. I mean, people were like, let's do it with Hackenberg, but literally you would have – it was it would have just been, like, detrimental to his career. He's already done. Yeah, Hackenberg that. is done. But, like, Petty was maybe the guy after – Whoever, I mean, he was never going to be the guy, but maybe he was. They throw him in, just can't. Trash. He, he's, he's horrible. He gets hurt. He, he can't do it. But they at least they you don't saw even it, give, Right. They don't even give Davis Webb the chance. At least you saw it. So now I would be totally thrown off if come come later today they go Mason Rudolph in the second round. I mean, they should really uh, – their focus right now should be linemen, even, even the defense at this point. Um I would go Willie Hernandez. He's he's definitely the best available. Uh, the Browns right ahead of them could select them, but you have a good shot at a, at a difference maker right there. Yeah, and I think it, you know I go back to that two pick. You probably easily you obviously easily easily could have went Darnold or or Rosen, and then add you have your backup and then still go with a with a lineman in the in the second round. I just don't see the thought process behind getting this generational player when if Eli goes gets hurt, you're back drafting in the top 10 again. If you consider it, the Giants could have they had to have been fielding offers for that second pick after Baker got picked because again, people had to have been wanting to move up to get the quarterback and to get Darnold in front of the Jets or Rosen. They could have fielded offers for that. 
I'm sure Arizona was talking to them. I'm sure Buffalo, because Buffalo was rumored to always be talking to them. They could have done that. They could have moved back, get Quentin Nelson or McGlinchey. I mean, Quentin Nelson's the guy, but McGlinchey's also very good. And one in one, one A. They're both going to be studs. Right. And then now, obviously, you don't know how the draft's going to play out, but, I mean, look at the running backs. That are still. I mean, at least Geis is still available. Geis, Ronald Jones is still available. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is, yeah. Michelle goes to the... You know, and Patriots. I and I thought it was I thought it was crazy that uh, that Penny went so early. I didn't think he'd be the second running back off the board. That that was uh, to me a huge reach. And then you get Sony Michelle going in at the end of the first round to the New England Patriots, someone who has injury history, but will probably be a thousand yard running back for the Patriots. Of course, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. When the Patriots make a pick, you always want to be like, like if any other team makes that pick, I'm crushing it. Yeah, I'm like, like what, what are you doing? But the Patriots do it, and I'm like, Bill Belichick? He I mean, probably, come on. They know something. They know something. He's we a know. genius. I think he has bone on bone in the knee, though. He does. I did read that. Um, I, I did read that, and that's someone like— Someone else. Someone else. I think—who uh, was it? There was a running back from this year or the past year that did crazy good. Not Gurley. Uh, oh, Jay, it was Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi in 2015 had the bone on bone. He ran for— hey, And that worked out for him. Yeah. But not every prospect's the same when it comes to bone on bone. It's true. All right, so as now we move into the Jets, I'm sitting there last night. Baker goes first. I'm like, all right. The Giants. And then that that was I. What what we just talked about was my whole thought process. The Giants are taking Barkley, or the Giants are trading back, and someone's going to jump us and get Darnold or Rosen, and then we're taking the leftover. Giants go Barkley, so immediately my hands. On my head watching TV, I'm thinking, who are they going? Is it Darnold? Is it Rosen? It's not Allen. If it was Allen, I would have been. I just would have went to sleep. I would have too. I would have actually not even bothered watching uh, this upcoming season if it was Allen. So it's not Allen. It's Darnold. Rosen falls all the way. A- Allen even goes before Rosen. We'll get into that in a little. But Darnold is the Jets guy. So you could say that the Giants and Jets went with the best on the board philosophy. Giants thought Barkley was their guy, best on the board. Whether or not it's the value pick or not, who knows. But the Jets get the number one quarterback prospect, pretty much falls into their lap. I think they nailed it. And I don't. we don't say this much about the Jets and quarterbacks and drafting in general, but I really think the Jets nailed it. And I thought they would have nailed it even if it was Rosen. If It, it, it had to be anybody but Mayfield, Allen, Mayfield and Allen. I think if you were you were safe or relatively safe with um, Darnold or Rosen, and the fact that Darnold falls to you, I mean, um, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm jumping up up and down. Now the only thing is, you have had experience with a USC quarterback. That's my. I was going to ask you to talk me off the ledge because now I'm talking about it with my friends that are Jets fans, and I'm saying like, how are we convincing ourselves ourselves that this is like, we should be jumping up and down, I think. But I'm not. Because I know the USC quarterback history. Literally, when was the last USC quarterback to have a lasting positive impact in the NFL? Mark Sanchez goes to two AFC championships for us, and he was literally led by the defense. That wasn't even him. I mean, he made plays throughout his career, but he also made terrible plays, and that's what he's remembered for. Carson Palmer was the guy, maybe, and he got all those injury problems and never... Pieced it all together. I mean, Matt Barkley. Yeah, 
exactly. That sound effect was perfect for Matt Barkley. <laughs> John David Booty is like the perfect name for a USC quarterback that never made it. Trash Booty. Booty, yeah. Um, again, I know the history points into the wrong direction. But at the same time, there has to be a, a breaking point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, all streaks are meant to end at some point or another. So I, I at this point... Like a streak like the Jets not winning since 69? Exactly. Like, I'm not saying that's that's definitely not happening. I mean, <laughs> I, I will bet a lot that that's not going to happen this year. Not this year. Um, Maybe. No, definitely not this year. Maybe in, in the next six years, possibly, but definitely not this year. Okay. Um, But eventually something's got to break, and could he be like the others? Yes, of course. But there's also a d- distinct possibility that... He prevails. He doesn't. I don't think. I think mentally he's more prepared and he's ready to play and deal with the New York media. And that has a lot to do with it compared to Mark Sanchez. I look back at Mark Sanchez and I kind of think a little airhead. I kind of think a little prima donna. A little. He had that more of a California look. Mark Sanchez has the Josh Rosen look. Darnold just seems like the guy who just wants to play football. And I think that's the biggest difference. And that's what you're going to see when when Darnold gets uh, under center. Also, I don't think Darnold's starting day one. No, he's not. They said, uh, they like already asked him, asked the brass about it, and they were like, we'll see how it will, we'll see how everything goes, but we don't know when he'll be getting game action. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine, it, too. It, yeah, it's fine, and I think you, having a guy like Josh McCown, like, yeah, it's Josh McCown. That was, the first, that was the first thing they asked him. They were like, I mean, you're going to New York. It's New York. You got a savvy veteran and Josh McCown there. What are your What are your thoughts, pretty much? But, like, what, that's the guy you're going to learn under. That's the guy I would want it to be out of everyone we've had in the past. I mean, It's not a bad guy. I mean, he's a, he's serviceable. He'll, he'll teach – He'll he'll point Darnold in the right direction. It's not like you're gonna have some some jabroni in there just trying to like keep him keep him level headed. Uh, you're gonna get something out of sitting behind McCown. It's not gonna be the end all experience like uh, Rogers sitting behind Brett Favre. Like that doesn't happen, right? You know. But at the same time, I think he he isn't uh, necessarily a bad guy to learn from. I like it. I mean, the thing that put me over the edge. Or, or I talked myself over the edge. It was actually my favorite moment of the draft was when he got drafted. You know how when they got everyone got drafted and they put like this thing, a graphic on the screen that had like things to know about the guys. Yeah, yeah. Did you see his grandfather's name? <sighs> yes, I did see Dick his Hammer. The if you told the Marble me, Man. The Marble Man. If you told me going into the draft that the Jets were going to draft a quarterback and he was the offspring of Dick Hammer, it could have been. I don't know. It could have been Joe Blow from Missouri State. I would have. I. I wouldn't. If you told me they got a quarterback, the offspring of Dick Hammer, I'm in. I mean, I, th- I would. I would put money down that we were going to win the Super Bowl. I, I wish I, I knew that before. That's that's such an interesting fact to even be able to put up on a graphic. So kudos to him because there's. I'm sure there were a ton of other um, different outlets. Uh, not outlets. Excuse me. A, duff- a bunch of different uh, facts that he could have put about himself. But he wanted to be distinguished, you know. I feel like he didn't put that down. I feel like he gave them like, like regular things, like oh, I like. uh, But that's something going camping with my family, and then they just like did some research, and somehow someone came across the fact that the Marlboro Man was 
Alyssa uh, related to him, and they were like, all right, this is going to be the first thing that everyone sees after Donald gets picked, is that his grandpa's name was Dick Hammer. The crazy thing is, though, that that, thing, that's been, that graphic has been out there since he was in college playing, since last year. Oh, really? It's I've not the first time seeing that. So, like, to me, it was kind of like when I saw it on draft night, I was like, all right, we get it. Like We're rehashing this. Exactly. But, I mean, that— I mean, it's news to me, so I'm ex- glad they— I guess I'm they broke they news to you, yeah. I like that. You got to pay attention more, Johnny. I guess so. I mean, I wasn't watching every single one of USC's games. But. Uh, I didn't either. I mean, West Coast buys, so I didn't see. I didn't get to check him out a lot. But I, that wasn't the first time that I did see that, gra- that graphic. But he won't be smoking on the sideline, so that's a good thing. Right. Donald Schwarzenegger, the new quarterback for the Jets. Get to the chopper! And then I thought, okay, so now we move past the Jets and on to the Browns again. Denzel Ward was a surprise to you, right? Yes. Because I thought it was Chubb for sure. And then by not picking Chubb, he, again, it's like this dra- the falling into of the lap. Chubb, now every- the Browns just let... The Broncos have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb now. Yeah, which is sick. Yeah. Like that—that's absolutely disgusting. And I thought, wow, like what a bet! What you can't really get a better young pair than Miles Garrett and Chubb, and then they go Denzel Ward. Now Denzel Ward is definitely, without a doubt, one hundred percent the best corner in this draft. However, he isn't top five worthy. Now I say he's not top five worthy. But he probably would have realistically went between like seven and nine. So the drop-off isn't that big. But when you see him go he four— might, He might go the next pick, really, to Denver. If they, exactly. If Chubb I mean, falls into their lap, they can't not take him. Exactly. But then you see that, and you're like, wow. Like, that that was a, that was a little bit even more suspect to me, honestly. Denzel the Ward Baker. at four than, than the Baker. Because you have Chubb, who's—you know, Chubb's been the guy that everybody can't miss prospect. This is the guy you want. Number one overall talent for the most part. And now you let him go to a team like the Broncos, like you mentioned, with Von Miller. And that defense, that Broncos defense was already good. Now they took a step backward. They're right back up there. Yeah, well, 2015 was the year they went to the Super Bowl, right? And that was the the defense led them there. Exactly. And they went, and, exactly. Yeah. You had a crippled Peyton Manning. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. Yeah, crippled Peyton Manning. And Against, you just, like, the undefeated Panthers. Or, you, you, just, you just relied on that defense. Yeah. So... Again, that's another thing. It's like, what did Denzel Ward do in these pre-draft meetings that sparked them to think, "I don't want Chubb. I want this guy." And, you know what? I I don't. I don't. I wish I had the answer for you, but but I don't. I don't. And again, I want to think that I'm a John Dorsey guy, right? I I think he's going to be a great general manager. I I think he's made a lot of the right moves early on. So I'd like to think, because of his past moves that he's making the right moves to make the Browns a better team. Now it's just wait and see. Because on paper, you're you're scratching your head saying, "Man, what is he doing?" Like the Browns are the Browns again. But it, I and I forgot to mention this with the Jets. You go back to the Jets and the Colts trade. Both teams made out excellent. Yeah. You know, the Colts get Quentin Nelson, the best the best offensive lineman in the draft. They need to protect Andrew Luck. Hopefully he comes back. And now the Colts have back-to-back picks in the second round with plenty of talent still left on the yeah. board. I really like what they're doing. I, I was going to say that I think five and six. You could say, again, people think that the Jets should have went Rosen at three. I think you could say three, five, and six early on are the, the best picks of the draft. I think, again, you could argue that Baker at one is questionable. 
Saquon, you could argue it's questionable too. The Giants could have went elsewhere. Not saying those are bad picks per se, and Denzel Ward a four, but like five, five and six really stand out to you. Like those are really good picks. Like again, Bradley Chubb just falls into your lap. You you cannot take him. Quentin Nelson is the protection that you need for Andrew, Andrew Luck right now. Like if he comes back healthy and he has him blocking for him, it's big time. Yeah, I'm definitely sold on five and six without a doubt. And those those are sure picks to me. Whereas the first four could all be questionable. And seven. And seven. Which we're going to talk about right and now. And seven. First trade of the draft, the Bills go up, trading with the Buccaneers. They get the seventh pick, trade their trade back. The Buccaneers trade back to 12, and then they also get 53 and 56 in uh second round. So they go Josh Allen. Again, that, again, right when they trade up, you'd think, okay, now it's Allen or it's Rosen. They go Allen, which kind of makes me happy because I didn't want now it to be where it was now it was going to eventually be Darnold versus Rosen in the same division. Which leads me to my next point, which is I was absolutely terrified that at some point after Allen goes off, that the Patriots with all the picks that they have and all the leverage that they have to make a move are going to come up and get Rosen. And all of a sudden, it's going to be three of the top four quarterbacks in the same division, and it was going to be my worst. I was again, that would have been my breaking point. I would have turned it off TV and stopped watching. I would have as well, because <laughs> then you could have you could have had a really mini scenario of a Favre to Rogers right, right that's there. That's what I was exactly. You know, so that could have easily happened if that was the case. I was shocked that Allen goes seven to Buffalo, and. You know, I'll admit I didn't watch a lot of Allen, but just looking at the stat sheet alone, he didn't do anything like that impressive. But what what this tells me about Rosen is that a the injuries are definitely a concern for a guy like him to drop like that. The concussion, the the shoulder, the injuries are definitely a concern. The other thing may, that may be a concern is the arrogance. Yeah, and, and you and you heard him say um, pre draft interview. Uh, you know, I've always been the number two guy. I'm not the. I'm not Mr. Perfect. I'm always, you know, second man, second man, second I like, man. I like. I like that. I love that attitude. Yeah. You know, but that's also the same attitude that a lot of people think made Aaron Rodgers fall to the Green Bay Packers. A lot of people go back to the, you know, that arrogance and attitude when Rodgers was talking to the 49ers was the reason why that they went with Smith. Because they felt that they could control Smith, whereas they couldn't control a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Now look how that has played out. So again, if Rosen could stay healthy, if I think he'll have a better career than Allen. But um, I was just overall shocked that the Bills trade up. They get Allen, who wasn't even statistically the best quarterback in the Mountain West Conference. That says a lot. The Mountain West Conference. Can you name three teams in the Mountain West Conference? I actually... I think I could maybe. Mountain West? Mountain West. San Diego State. Uh, all right. All right. So it's taking some time. Right, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I, I know. The Wyoming thing, and then people want to be like, oh, well, look at Carson Wentz at. Uh, but Carson North Wentz, State. I know. Fil- he had everything. I know. He had the crazy arm strike. And, and he went to North Dakota State, but he dominated. Right. They he were the, was they the, were the flipping number one man. school. He, NCAA, he NCAA. was the man. Josh Allen was just a quarterback. I know. He just has, like, the perfect mold to be a quarterback. That's what it is. Like, he's so raw in general. 
And now that was uh, a point, uh, something that I wanted to say about Darnold too, was that Darnold's only 20. He has so much time still to develop. Think about how long he could be the quarterback for the Jets. That was something that was another thing I was convincing myself that it was a good pick. And now this thing about Allen is like that's the way you can convince yourself is that he's so raw and he has like the size, the strength, like all this, all these attributes and stuff. But like in comes the development period where it's like, does it even work out? Like, do you have the right tools to develop this guy in Buffalo? You know, that's the other thing. Exactly. Do you have the right support? Is Sean McDermott the right guy? And forget about Josh Allen going to Buffalo. My guy, AJ McCarron's getting the shaft again. Here he goes. He's finally at a, you know, he's out of Cincinnati. He's got an opportunity. And now he's going to have to compete again for a starting role. And it's not a given that AJ McCarron's going to be the starting quarterback in Buffalo. And they have Nathan Peterman, who I guess is, you know, I guess he's... He's, he's probably what Davis Webb is going to be. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, you don't know what's going to go, what's going to happen. I'd like to think that the transition from Wyoming to Buffalo is relatively close, you know. It seems like there's nothing to do in both he play cities. In the, he could probably play in that weather. Definitely could handle the weather. That's not going to be an issue. Um, I think the main issue, though, is going to be, does he have enough support around him? Could he be the guy? I mean, who was Tyrod Taylor's number one wide receiver last year? I mean... Zay Jones? Yeah, Zay Jones. And he got hurt. He had uh, a couple of scrubs that made some plays every now and then. It was really... His number one receiver was Charles Clay. Charles Clay, yeah. a tight end. Uh, and again, a tight end. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know if there's the right pieces surrounding Josh Allen to really succeed immediately in Buffalo. Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin, too, but that was for like... Four games. And Kelvin Benjamin isn't the Kelvin Benjamin that he once was. Right. And then finally now at ten, Cardinals move up, lock it up, they get Rosen. Rosen alerts everyone to some news that there were nine mistakes made ahead of him, even though there were about five teams that didn't need a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. But there were still nine mistakes ahead of him. Exactly. I mean, that makes a lot of sense for, from Rosen's standpoint. But again, this is just a guy that, like I mentioned before, the arrogance, the the attitude, and I'm fine with that. I love it. But if you're going to speak like that, you better be the best quarterback on the field. Because if you go into week one and you get shellacked, man, you're going to really, really going to be bulletin board material. Everybody, that's one thing at the next level. And I'm not speaking on first-hand basis. I've never played at the next level. I think we could all tell after listening to this. But what I'm saying is if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. If not, these big bad guys on the on the defensive side are going to attack you. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he's putting a target on uh, his back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Johnny, but, we're on the uh, same page yeah, here, Johnny. But then the other thing is, too, is that makes me a little more comfortable is knowing that, like, he says that I'm not – like scared of this guy like from a, a jet standpoint because now he's all the way nfc west. west yeah west coast it doesn't matter really for the jets unless i guess we see him in the super bowl which isn't gonna happen for either team so you could get right. that there thought right out of your mind right <laughs> right out so but the thing is he's in this small market now where it's like if he was saying that in new york the target is um like the media magnified yeah so magnified like literally the practice squad of the other team wants to like pull a Rudy and get on the field so they can sack you like at least in Arizona like if he does come out if he came out in week one and got shellacked it would be like Colin Coward talking about it It'd be like 
Look at Josh Rosen. Uh, he was a guy. Blah, 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 blah. You're right. There is a lot. There's so a- it'll be like not as magnified out there, and maybe like he'll be able to settle in, and he won't get killed for that that arrogant attitude. But I mean, there's you know. a lot less pressure to succeed in Arizona compared to succeeding in a bigger city. But I, I will tell you this: it won't be easy if he ends up being the starting quarterback. You're gonna have to go against the Seattle Seahawks. You're gonna have to go against the LA Rams. I mean, you're gonna go. You're gonna see good defenses. So it, it's definitely gonna be a rough adjustment. And having to see both, just the, and the, just those teams twice a year, yikes. And then, so I thought it was interesting that it could have been. That was the Raiders pick that they traded. The Dolphins were right behind it. So at no point, obviously, again, we don't know. Maybe they did try and move up. It didn't work out. But they sit back and they don't get a quarterback. So they're still all in on Tannehill. Yeah, I guess they're rolling the dice with Tannehill. And this was actually interesting to me, and I don't have a problem with it. Um, and I, I don't think there's there's anything wrong with rolling the dice still with Tannehill. You don't want to give up on him just yet. Uh, and you didn't want to give up too much to jump ahead to get a quarterback that ended up being a complete bust. So what do they do? They go best available here. And I was surprised. Mika Fitzpatrick, you read all these mock drafts leading up to the draft, this is a top five guy. So to be able to bring in another guy in their secondary, versatile, he could probably play uh, somewhat of a hybrid, a nickel, do a little bit of everything in that secondary unit. I think Minka Fitzpatrick is a good pick for the uh, excuse me, the Patriots. Yeah, right. The, the the Dolphins. He could have been what he could have been there really at four for Denzel Ward, like you're saying. Like maybe yeah. that is a little that would have been like okay, like exactly. Denzel Ward. You're like ee, exactly eh. that wouldn't have surprised me that if Fitzpatrick went four and Denzel Ward slipped to eleven, and then you know Miami grabs their secondary help right there. But I think they just went best available, really, and it was between him or uh, V to V. So, I, th- I think they made the right move there. And he's, you are. I mean, very I, out on V to V, right? I here's my problem. Like, I see these big defensive tackles, and I'm like, they're a waste of space. Like, they're gonna just be big guys, and I, I don't see them like translating right away. Like, maybe I don't watch closely enough. I think enough. what it is is those guys like do the the very little things. Obviously, like you hear the cliche statement, which is the stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Like, every good defensive line always has that big guy in the middle that takes on two blockers and lets the other guys shine. Exactly. You know, it's like Damon Harrison, what he did for the Jets, and now he's doing it for the Giants. It's Mike Daniels on the Packers. Yes. Like, 100%. But, like, I just he's just, like, so big. I don't see, like, the same athleticism that I do in other guys like – like a like a Mike Daniels, you know. I just see a big guy now. Do I think the fit is great? Yeah, because Gerald McCoy is gonna have thirty five sacks next year. Like he will open it open up for him, but he won't fill the stat sheet. So I I don't know. I'm just not a bit. It, it's the same thing. Maybe it's because it's not the sexy pick. It's the same thing with the offensive lineman. Like they do, they have an important role, but you don't see them translate on the on the stat sheet. Right, and that's fair. Like you said, that's a good fit for him. Maybe if he goes elsewhere, then it's like, you don't like coming into the draft, maybe you don't like him or maybe you only like him in a certain system or, or with a certain teammate. Like you got Gerald McCoy now, so that works out. So we'll talk about Packers and the Ravens. Packers make trades. I think the Packers went out just right away. You, I didn't get talked to you about it, but you thought the Packers did a good job? I like the move. And 
the reason why I like the move is only because of the first round pick that they got in return. Right. Now, if they just would have exchanged and piled on picks, I wouldn't have been happy because when the Packers were on the clock, there was a lot of talent left, and there still is. I mean, but you had Marcus Davenport, a guy that who is freakishly athletic, but probably the most raw prospect. You had Derwin James, a versatile safety, still available. You had Tremaine Edmonds, the Virginia Tech linebacker, still available. So you definitely could have gotten an impact player. Now, I was shocked when I saw the Saints move up and then select Marcus Davenport, a guy that's raw, to give up a first, a future first-round pick. It's like that they're investing two first-round picks in Marcus Davenport. Exactly. I mean, that is a lot for someone that's raw. I thought the minute they they came up, they were going to go with Lamar Jackson, and I was like, no way is Lamar Jackson going 14. And I, I thought he Lamar Jackson could have maybe gone, you know, if Miami reached to 11 to them, or if Buffalo would have stayed put at 12. So, I mean, I was surprised that Marcus Davenport was the guy. In return, though, the Packers still end up getting a, cor- a cornerback in Jari Alexander. Um, the thing with him, though, he's he's small on the smaller side, 5'10". He is physical. He is tough. So he'll help bring attitude to that secondary, something that that, that unit never really has. But on the, under Mike Pettin... I think they're going to be a different defense. Their their style is going to be completely different. He did miss a lot of last season because of a knee injury, so that kind of concerns me a little bit. But they still got what they needed in terms of secondary. It wasn't a reach. He was projected to be a first-round pick. Actually, Mike Mayock, who you claim to be the god of mock drafts, had Alexander. It wasn't me. It was other people. I just said I was excited to see his mock draft. Well, I think, quote, you said, when does Mayock's mock draft uh, drop? Because he only does one, and he's the best. He gets it right all the time. Well, he nailed the Packers pick. So I'm hoping that that translates, and um, hopefully it translates into uh into a, a bright future for Alexander. And I got two for what it's worth for you. Two for what it is worth. Two for one deal here. Two Let me hear one. it. For what it's worth, the Saints, you're talking about shocking that they go up. I think it's shocking they invest two first round picks into Davenport, especially the raw, per, uh, the the raw athletic player that he is. But for what it's worth, their draft last year was like off the charts good. Exactly. Like they can draft. They know. You think, based maybe based off that, you can say, all right, they know what they're doing. Is it bad that I may be hoping that Drew Brees like tweaks his ankle for and misses like six weeks? As a Packers fan and someone who's in the NFC, no. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that goes that way because it'd be awesome to draft number one and number thirty-two next year. So. No. Uh, okay. You guys trading for the thirty-second pick? No, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Oh. Actually. Now, my other, for what it's worth, was that Mayock, actually, his projection was that Rosen was going to fall to Arizona. Technically, he got that right, yeah, even though they moved up. He, he, he thought they were going to – he said they were going to get him, but they thought he thought he was going to get him. All right, so may, maybe Mr. Mayock has a good tra- track record, Jackie. Maybe. Johnny, excuse me, Jackie, Johnny. That's the Johnny right. podcast, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, overall, I, w- I was happy, and then I was glad that they, they traded down with Seattle – um, to get back to 18 because they were towards the, the back end. And essentially, you you swapped your third-round pick 
for somebody's next year's first. You got who you wanted, and you still have a second-round pick. You have two fourth rounds and four fifth-round picks. So even though they have only one pick tonight in day two, they definitely have enough in five and four where they could easily sneak back into three, maybe even sneak back into two. And the Packers give up that number 27 pick, and it's goes to the Seahawks who take Rashad Penny. We said it; it's a reach. It's not. I, I don't. I don't see how that's going to play out for them. I was shocked. I didn't. I, I was really shocked that. I, I mean, I think maybe they panicked and they said, "We don't want the guy that we want isn't here. Let's trade back." Uh, but then even going with Penny, ooh. I mean, I would have. I would have really focused on. On the on the defensive side, because I think that defense is starting to dwindle. Forget about the the running back position, uh, or maybe even g- give get a weapon for for Russell Wilson out there. It, it's just maybe try to replace uh, Jimmy Graham a t- and get a tight end. Uh, you saw Hayden Hurst go uh, a few picks earlier. I, I was shocked that that uh, that Richard went that early. I thought maybe they were looking at Derwin James. And then he got picked right in front of them, and then they thought, okay, back up. Yeah, I and mean, and then still, but then Penny, you could have went Geis, you could have went Chubb. There was a lot of different options. I, I guess again, who knows? Maybe they see something in Penny that I think he's just. I don't. Know, I just think it's a reach. I thought it was a reach. I think you could have got Penny in the second round at the same spot, honestly. Yeah. But we said uh, Ravens making a good move getting Hurst in that spot. I think along with the Packers, Ravens made a lot of good trades in the draft. They actually, their spot got taken by the Bills, and they got Tremaine Edmonds. So I thought that was, all right, the the Ravens kind of, they could have had him if they wanted him, but they let Buffalo get him. They get picks in return. They move back. They get Hurst. Good pick. And then they also take the Eagles' 32nd pick, and they get Lamar Jackson, thus the A.J. McCarroning, RG3. Yeah, I mean... I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I want obviously I want to give Lamar Jackson a shot. Um, I think he has the potential. He has the skill set. You obviously know he's he's very adamant. He's going to play quarterback. He's not going to play wide receiver. Um, and I think that's only helped his stock. That he hasn't committed to maybe switching positions like a uh, Terrell Pryor. Um, but I also think. I also think the Ravens could have improved overall much better if they approached this draft a little differently. And I don't think I didn't think Hayden Hurst was really the right guy early on. I don't think he's a game-changing first-round tight end. Um, it's hard to say that a tight end is again, like we said with the running back, like they're not going to win you a Super Bowl. Exactly. I mean, tight like, end's not going to and it, like put you over the top. You have a good tight end. You have vintage Jimmy Graham. You have vintage Rob Gronkowski. Like, that's a good tight end. Like, I don't think Hayden Hurst's ceiling is Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski to use in the first round. You know what I'm trying to say there? So, I think if I were the Ravens, I would have probably went Calvin Ridley, who went to pick after to the Falcons. I mean, and let's not forget the Falcons already have one Bama receiver despite, you know, unfollowing everybody on Twitter, whatever the hell that means. But cleaning or something. Yeah, cleaning. But they got they got another talented wideout who was probably, in my opinion, I think the best wideout in the draft. Sure sure guy. Yeah. I would have liked to see the Ravens do that instead of a tight end, 
And then at 32, work on that offensive line. Someone like a uh, Will, Hernandez. Will Hernandez. I thought that would have been the smart move. Um, when you draft a quarterback in the first round, it, mean, it, it, it typically means that the end is near, and the end is near for Flacco, and he has declined, absolutely. Not sure if Lamar Jackson's the guy, though. I don't know either, and like you said, yeah, the first using a first round pick on the quarterback pretty much guarantees that he's next up. Is he though? I don't know. Let's go final thoughts. My one final thought, which I was thinking about before, is that we were talking about Dolphins being all in on Tannehill. For what it's worth, maybe he's they're not. Maybe again, they got their eyes on someone like Mason Rudolph. Maybe Mason Rudolph is, like, that second-round guy. He's not going to fall to the third round, I don't think, at least. Right? No. Has that been projected at all? No, I, I think I, he's going to go in the second round, and maybe he's that guy that He's definitely going in that in this in this day, too, whether it be two or three. I, I think it's more, more likely to be mid-two range, uh, or very well could be um, to the Dolphins in round two where they sit. But, um... I don't think that that's the move right off the bat. I, I, you know, Mason, Mason to me, it's hard to judge a Big 12 quarterback. I mean, there's no defense. Look at Brandon Whedon. He looked like he was going to be Joe Montana. He ended up being a bum. So One it, of the Browns, many bums. Yeah, exactly. So my, I, I would, I would say, don't, don't rush the the quarterback. The quarterback situation when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. There's other needs that definitely need to be addressed. I wouldn't be surprised day two they go a wide receiver, DJ Clark, someone like that. Um, Cortland Sutton's on the board. Cortland Sutton's on the board. Kirk is on the board from Texas A&M. Don't be surprised if they do that. They need to replace Jarvis Landry. Now, none yeah. of these guys are going to be uh, close close to that production, but they need some, they need to start somewhere. Day two could be the day. Mason Rudolph. I'm looking at this article. They say. Impeccable, impeccable downfield touch, very experienced, and a natural pocket drifter. Could be Broncos at 40, Dolphins at 42, or everyone's worst nightmare, the Patriots at 43. Yeah, I mean, so what? He goes to the Patriots. Listen, I know you're a Jet fan, and I know you don't want to see the Patriots end up with a good quarterback after Tom Brady, but look at the Patriots' backups. Look at their history. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo right now is the best one, but we've seen they such a screwed it up. They we, screwed that up. We've su- we've seen such a small sample size. Exactly, they screwed it up. He's not on the roster. But who else? Who else have they had? Brian Hoyer, Matt Castle, Matt Castle. I mean, these Patriots fans are Ryan Ryan Mallett. I mean, these guys haven't gone on to do much. Jimmy didn't Garopp- get, didn't they take Matt Flynn from the Packers at one point? Yeah, Matt Flynn. He was great. He was great one, one game. game. One game. So. I'm still hoping I get my one shot. And if I get my one shot, that's all it takes because Matt Flynn could do it. I think I can. It's, it's, I mean, it's possible. I mean, Matt Flynn just uh, – I mean, he went off. Was that the, did they play the Seahawks? No, uh, no I, think it was a, I think it was the Lions. I think he threw for like 400 uh, yards, five touchdowns. Maybe he did absolutely horrible against the Seahawks. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then we right. thought – everyone thought, oh, he's going to be the, the truth. It wasn't. Definitely wasn't. Top five, according to this article, still on the board – Best available on the board. Sutton, Maurice Hurst from Michigan, Will Hernandez. So I think you're going to see uh, – I'll just keep going. Josh Jackson and Mason Rudolph. I think you're going to see 
you would think like those five guys are going to go like right at the top of the the, the round, second round tonight. Yeah, I definitely think maybe so. Mason Rudolph falls off a little. I think. Well, maybe Sutton too, because if you this guy DJ Clark, who's still there. Maybe I mean. I mean, it all depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a big possession guy, if you're looking for speed, I mean, right? That's that's why DJ Moore went number one. I mean, his speed crushes everything. I think the Josh Jackson guy is really good. Everyone's really high on him. I was everyone was surprised. I was very surprised that he dropped. And (coughs) if Green Bay can um, somehow get their hands on Josh Jackson too, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And there's one guy you left off that list, and I don't know who you're reading. Um, Guys. Uh, no, there's another one, a defender. Do, 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 what do, school? Do, 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 Boston College. I don't. Harold Landry. I think Harold Landry. Oh, Harold Landry, you're right. Is, Why is he not on this list? I mean, I don't know who you're. Are you, are you reading Mayock again? No, it's not Mayock. All it's right. uh, Chris would, Trapasso. Okay, Chris Trapasso from CBS. Yeah. Okay, well, again. Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. Um, yeah, I think Harold Landry definitely belongs in that, that top tier of available guys. Um, he, I thought he was going to go to the Patriots last night. Uh, very good chance. That that was also would have been a good fit. He had he was had an injured senior year, but um, the year before I think he had sixteen and a half sacks. I mean, when healthy, this guy's got a motor. So he he if he could stay on the field, is going to be a difference maker. Don't forget about your boy James Washington. My boy James Washington. I think um, I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. I hope he uh, succeeds wherever he ends up, and I could see him going also um, maybe third round. Possibly fourth, though. I don't, I don't see him going in the second round. All right. How about this? How about it? I'm going to give you your jumping off point here. Your career as an NFL draft junkie is about to take leaps and bounds after this prediction. Okay. What am I predicting? I'm going to give it to you right now. Let me hear Who it. Who goes first? Chubb, Jones, or Geis? Chubb, Jones, or Geis? I would say Geis. Who has the bigger impact? Geis. Listen, it all depends on where these guys end up. I mean, Geis could end up on Jack's. Let's draft junkie. All right. I mean. I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, if, you know, Seattle obviously isn't getting a running back, right? Um, Name a team that needs a running back. The Browns? Like, are the Browns going to go with a running back in uh, to start the draft? No. The Jets could use a running back. The they Jets, said round three they'll look at one. The Jets could use a running back. Ronnie? Uh, Ronald Jones, I think, would be the only available running back at that at that spot. I think both uh, Geis and Chubb both go second round. I think so, too. Um, yeah. Where? Uh, if I could predict that, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be predicting other things. Dude, I thought – yeah, Woody Kreskin. I thought – Literally, I I really thought that Penny was gonna maybe be the one that would fall to the Jets at, in the third round. It should have been, I think it should have been. Um, but I I guess the Seahawks were very excited with those numbers. I mean, I think he's the all-time leading rusher or something like that. I think they just. I think I just made that up though. I think they just threw a dart at a spinning board. Yeah, it, that could be it too. I you don't really know what goes on in those dark in the green room, but again, who knows? But I think Geis, I think Geis. Uh, Geis and Barkley are the two best running backs in this draft. Got any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, Final thoughts. 
No, not really, not really, Johnny. Kind of touched on a lot. Well, yeah, we really ran through. I thought we were going to really stay close to the locals and then just discuss the Baker, and we kind of went through the whole draft. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We were like the hand of God touching Saquon Barkley and everything else. Yeah, except— Dave Gettleman would be— I think he'd be proud. Yeah. I think, yeah, he'd be proud, sure. Could you give me your best Dave Gettleman answer to a question? Um, uh, he's got a lot. Um, I think one of my favorite ones as of recent was when he was asked about like the overall, like all you have all these prospects. Like, what is that like? And he compared it to eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and just there's so many flavors. So he compared Ben and Jerry's flavors to the amount of prospects. I mean, that's pretty genius for an old guy. I give him credit. He's he's trying to stay hip. As they say. He's the master of the metaphor or simile. Yeah, simile. No, metaphor. I think it's metaphor. You got to work on your clothes to podcast, brother. Hopefully the Giants Giants fans are listening this deep into and they are appreciative of their master metaphor GM taking Saquon Barkley. And Probably having, not, having though. God reach down and touch your running back. Probably not, though, just because uh, they're still on their high horse thinking that Saquon Barkley is going to lead them to the Super Bowl, and he's not, folks. So get ready for it. Get ready for 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6 and six in a first-round exit. Give it to Joe on Twitter for that, Giants fans. Yeah. I think he's I think he's not going to be the guy either. I mean, I think he's going to be sick. Probably have, like, Odell highlight plays like Odell was having. Yeah, but, sweet. How many yeah. rings does Odell have? No. Hmm. I think. At the end of the day, that's what matters. He's got money to buy some if he wants, but not like Super Bowl rings. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. You could buy a replica, but I mean, what is... Lawrence <laughs> Taylor might be selling. Yeah, that's a great point. With that, we close the show. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening.